One, two, three, four. Get Okogi on the floor, or else all the fans will frown. Or else all the fans will frown. One, two, three, four. Get Okogi on the floor, or else all the fans will frown. Or else all the fans will frown. That's right. Welcome to episode 94 of Wolf's Cast, the show that you are currently listening to right now. I'm here with my captivating companion. I'm Scott. I'm Robert. And welcome back, everybody. It's great to be back. Oh, what, what a, a week. What a week of Timberwolves basketball. You know, sometimes we wonder, actually, even during the losing times, I can't lie, I never wondered why I devote all this time to this team. I was about to say, mm. sometimes we wonder why we make this podcast for a losing team. No, we don't. We no. love this team. Warts Not anymore. All. You know, it's like... Uh, Enjoy it while you can. Yeah, I, I read something... I, you know, this well, whatever. It's a story, and you're not going to look it up, so I might as well be loose with the facts. It was someone who, like, who worked for the Clippers for a long time, and they, they were asking him, like, you know, oh, you've worked here for 50 years, and, and uh, is it ever t- hard to, like, root for this team that's been so bad? He's like, no, it's NBA basketball. I'm happy, like, every single year. And that's how I feel about the Wolves. I'm yeah, happy with yeah. NBA basketball. got to put things in perspective. In my you know? city. Yeah, exactly. Um, but now is a good time to be a Wolves fan. Uh, we had a great week. We're going to recap that for you in just a few minutes. Uh, then we'll do our full court press. We have some issues to talk about, including the team morale, uh, Fred Hoiberg getting canned, and a super smashing game that's coming out uh, tomorrow. We're recording this on a Thursday night, everybody. Uh, we have our sponsor, as always, a brand new segment that's going to be unlike anything you've ever heard before. Uh, weekly Wolfies, and a game to finish it off. So we're doing something new with the game, too, Full tonight. episode. Yeah. Full episode. Full episode. Chock and full. We're, and unlike last week, we're not going to go over the hour mark. Last week, we had so much fun that we, we pledge. Co- yeah. So we're going to uh, keep it short, under an 60 hour. 60 minutes or under. We've already burned off two and a half minutes, so let's Wolf. go ahead and hop right going. in. Uh, let's do a week recap, Robert. Let's. Uh, I should mention, though, well, you know, look at this. You're such a regular. I didn't even have to be like, you're my special co-host. You know, you're, you're just a legit Neil co-host now. Neil is the special Neil co-host. Neil is the guest this host at this point. Yes. So uh, thank you to our producer, Neil, who is yes, editing right. this somewhere in the back of a van right now. <laughs> we appreciate his God efforts. God bless you, But Neil. we're the host now, you know. That's how it works. Um, and also, welcome back this week, uh, my little friend. It's called Sound Drops. I'm Ricky Rubio. I'm not like anybody else. After weeks of malfunctions and forgetfulness, I Gaffs. have a iPad with all the sound drops on it. So we are back. In it's great business. to have Ricky welcome it back. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm never deleting that. How one. appropriate. I've deleted a lot of players who aren't on this team anymore, but I'll never delete that. Never. Never ever. Uh, and you know, this is my new favorite one. When you're on the show, I should always play it when I introduce you. Robert has been one of the elite defenders in the league for a long time. <laughs> It's true. And Not in real elite, life. One of the elite podcast co-hosts as well. I can't even guard you in in a real basketball. Which uh, that, well, here's the trick: you don't have to guard me. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> it, a good it's, point. It's, uh, I'm shooting, you know, like ten percent, twenty percent from the field. So. It's, whether or not you're guarding me doesn't just, really have much. My hands stay down yeah. the entire time. I just as long as you you're shoot. as long as you're willing to jog and not run. You know, as long as you're willing to like well, walk out up the court, I, I'm your perfect guard. Yeah, we'll, yeah that's we'll be, right. we'll be great. We get along fine on the basketball court because of that. Well, we had a very fun week since we last spoke. Our team has gone three and one. They are now thirteen and twelve overall, over five hundred for the over first time 500. in the season. Gotta love that. 
feels good. It feels good to be a winning ball club officially now. Yeah, and taking care of some good opponents. You know, the, it previously had been like, oh, you're playing these easy teams. So, you know, you're beating the Nets and the Cavs. Good job. Yeah. But, That's uh, how that hater This week, in my mind. Uh, I feel like, was a, a pretty. Uh, a pre, like a statement week. Well, I did see though that it's it's weird because it's like uh, our record against teams that are over five hundred isn't very good, but at the same time, like the Rockets aren't over five hundred, and like the Spurs aren't over <laughs> right, five hundred. So yeah. it's like we beat some teams that There's are under five hundred. That, uh, but you know, those are better teams. Right yeah, exactly. The Western exactly. Conference is super weird right now, like that. Uh, but let's get started at the top. Wednesday versus or a win versus San Antonio Spurs. I don't think that was Wednesday. When was that game? Uh, Boston was, was Saturday. We were, I think it was. Thursday yeah, or whenever must, yeah. we, were, we were recording when the game was going right. on. Right, we recorded on Wednesday last week uh, Wednesday, because okay. you are a rock star in a band and you had to do something on Thursday uh, night. Ah, that's right. He that's lives right. multiple lives, everybody. So this was last uh, Wednesday when we were recording. Went home and what a game. Uh, I, my note is ass whooping of the year. Yes, it uh, was. We were up by 40 like early in this game. Yeah, I think it got up to as much as like 48 or something like that. Which Unbelievable. And at first it felt surreal, like, this is crazy, you know the Spurs are going to come back, and then you're like, oh, they're just not, they're not trying, you know? On one hand, I want to be like, yeah, we beat the San Antonio Spurs by 40, but man, they just did not have any fight in them that night. No, but I think if you beat, when you beat any NBA team by 35, 40, oh, one yeah. of those crazy numbers, you got to feel good about it. You have to feel like, wow, things are clicking. That doesn't just happen. Yeah. Because every NBA team is going to be able to, you know, do something and kind of keep it respectable most of the time. And so when you can get past that, uh, 20 points was always the barrier I felt between, uh, like, a blowout. And then when you get into, like, super blowout territory. Right, yeah. And then, emptied like, the bench territory. Super blowout territory. And that's uh, that's what we did. We emptied the bench for the fourth quarter. Yes. Uh, I Heard Okogi afterwards said he was telling all the starters to keep up the pace because he wants to get in and get some playing time. He's like, you guys better keep this lead. You got to keep this lead because yeah, I want playing time tonight. And boy, did he show up for some playing time. Josh yeah, Okogi jumping out of the, the lead, gym. Though, that you have to build in order for tips to give any kind of substantial playing oh, time yeah. to those bench warmer guys is like... It's a. It's probably a good fifty percent more than any normal coach. Right. Right. Yeah. He, Tibbs is no lead is safe. It feels like with Tibbs, no. uh, and at least in his mind. But Okogi came in, had three three pointers, uh, one of the bad best slam dunks. Yeah. Yes. And some other good hustle plays. You could tell that he really felt like he got unleashed. You know, and he was gonna trying to again make his own uh, take advantage of the opportunity. Exactly. And so that was a lot of fun to see. And I love the cheer that Okogi got when he came in the game. The whole oh, arena yeah. was going crazy. My sister sister-in-law lauren was at that game uh with some work pals and she was like why is everyone cheering he's like oh we all like this guy coming in right now yeah, <laughs> you know right. timberwolves twitter has now put on like the okogi alert okogi oh right alert yeah 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 tweets when he comes in they should make that uh notification option thing. with their it, official app yeah you know yeah, where you should. can get a push notification whenever he checks in right right like one like the same kind of uh a couple months back or whatever when they had like the emergency emergency response text message that got sent or whatever. Oh, yeah, exactly. That could be something that the Wolves fans get when Okogi comes in. Like, it it cuts through even if you, like, silence your phone or something Even if your like phone's, that. like, turned off, yeah. Scope. Uh, I, I like get to a TV. Uh, so that was a fun game. I have to admit, Saturday night, there was a breakdown in technology. Uh, oh, usually, no. so I told last week I gave my weekly Wolfie to Fox Sports Go because they have a really good way, even, like, Last night at like midnight, I turned on, I went on to Fox Sports Go. Then you could hit replays, and I could watch the full broadcast. 
Right. It's it's great HD. It works fantastic. And then my fallback, if that if I can't get to it that day, I have my mother and my father, their DVR down in Prior Lake, automatically Back records up, every yeah. Wolves game. So if I need to, I can access that and watch it. But it didn't come through for me on Saturday. I was Uh-oh. hanging out with Professor Pigskin and GB, ah. the GB Beefcake. <laughs> uh, who are on your podcast, Kings of the North. That's right. We're having Rowdy a fun crew. time. Uh, yeah, playing some Switch games and, you know, playing some Dungeons and Dragons. Getting into trouble. And I came home the next day to watch the Celtics game, and it didn't record for some reason. I think it was because it wasn't on Fox Sports North. I believe it might have been on NBA TV. I don't even know, because I, I couldn't see it. For whatever reason, it did not record. And so it, it just... Oh, I can't tell you how much it bugs me because I'm such like a completionist, you know, right, to not yeah. see every single it's a game this year. chapter. Yeah, and, and it just bugs me to no end. But uh, alas, I did not get to watch this game. You can look up the extended highlights at least, that's but true. Uh, that's probably going to be the best you're going to do. And if there was one game this week if that you had to miss, the Celtics game would probably be the one. Because that sounds it, like uh, the case. It was the one game where. Uh, I was just more impressed by Boston, and I felt like they actually came together in the way that we all thought that they would be this year. Gordon Hayward, best best uh, game he's had so far this year. He just sliced and diced the Wolves the entire game, came yeah. off the bench for 30, and just a really balanced uh, Boston attack beyond that. everyone I think everyone except Marcus Smart in the uh, starting lineup had more than 15. Wow. So... Uh, yeah, it was pick your poison with that team, and that's uh, kind of what we thought they were going to be when the when the year started. They've underachieved so far, but they seem to be uh, they seem to be the team that we thought they were going to be. Sure. Uh, when they well, played, you know, uh, I think but, everyone's kind of surprised how long it's taken. And Gordon Hayward is obviously still getting his legs out under him, you know, and still coming back from that injury. And I think some people expected him to just be a hundred percent at the beginning of the season, but he's taking mm-hmm. some time to round into it. But you're, when you're in the Eastern Conference and you have a team of, as deep as the Celtics do, they don't have to worry about the twenty game sample size. They got all season to kind of figure it out. Yeah, that's right. They're, and they're uh, looking ahead. To it makes playoffs. me laugh because it used to be true of the Timberwolves, and now this is a different Timberwolves team. This is a winning team, you know. That's right. But above five hundred. For years and years and years, the joke was: Is your team in a slump? Come to the slump, uh, the slump busters, the Timberwolves. You will right. always bust out of your slump. Have a great game. Have some. The other thing was: Get your which, confidence back. Which like random like eighth man on the team is going to have like a career high tonight? That's it used to be a thing with the Timberwolves. It's like, oh, oh today Tabo Stefalosha is going off for Anthony his career Tolliver high. Tolliver back in the day. Oh yeah, like absolutely. That was, that was the thing with the Wolves. It was like who, which, which random role role player is going to have like the best game of the season uh, for himself, if not the best game of his career. I remember even like Adam Morrison had his best ever game against the Wolves. Case in point, my friend. Oh. Case in point. We used to be that those guys. Uh, so we, we served an important role for the rest of the NBA. That's right. So at least this time we uh, helped Boston bust their slump. But that's a throwback to the Timberwolves days of yore. Yeah, got to feel good for Gordon Hayward. Uh, speaking about the Timberwolves days of yore, we uh, lost a couple games in the playoffs to this Houston team and got some revenge that's when they came exactly back on right. Monday night this week. Yeah. What an, what an exciting game. It felt like uh, more of the same for the first half. Uh, Capella was dunking on us like oh, crazy. No, He had like five dunks in the first wide half. Wide open, too. It was just like our defensive scheme was just, yeah. yeah. One, yeah, he, he rim runs in a way that you're just, it makes you realize, like, why can't every team should have someone who just tries this hard? And, you know, why don't more teams have this, this guy who just, like, why it's is not this? complicated. And we rarely we have a guy who this? does that, you know. Um, I mean, some of it is when you know you're playing 40 minutes, maybe you don't run so hard. That's, yeah, that's always that's my right. excuse at pickup basketball. It's like the mm. first game of the night, everyone's got all their energy, and I'm like jogging. I'm like, you know what, guys, we're going to be playing for two hours. It's a marathon. You gotta, yeah, you got to save this energy. So, uh, 
Either way, those second half came out like game busters. Uh, the I think most they... satisfying half of basketball that I can remember in a long time. Yeah, because uh, the first half, Harden also went off. He had like 22 points in the first half mm-hmm. or something crazy. And then we held him to like five for the rest of the game. The guy had 38 points in the second quarter, and then they barely scored 38 points in the second half. Yeah. We held him to nine points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was incredible. It was... Uh... Covington just came out and was dominant in a lot of different aspects. Cat was actually going at Capella, which uh, was very encouraging to see, given how passive he seemed to be against him in the in the playoff series last year. And uh, yeah, they really it was a great morale building victory um, for that team, especially and, because of one Mister. Shot the Drew Wiggs, man. Right, finally listening. Sarge and Wiggins had both great nights. Yes. It just shows you when both of them are locked in and having great defensive game, how impossible it can be to score on us. When you have two elite defensive wings like that, we know Covington's first team all defense. He's one of the best wing defenders in the league. And we've always wanted Andrew to live up to his potential and be that. And we see that if both of them are on the same on, on the same night, you, you get something like get last something year's special, best yeah. offensive team scoring nine points in a quarter. That's exactly right. What I liked... Uh, one of the post uh, post game comments was that uh, like I think it was Cat and uh, Covington said something when they went into the locker room after that first half where they were oh, down yeah. as much as nineteen. Cat uh, said something like he and Covington had a little talk and were like we gotta we gotta get this together and then he even made the point to say before Tibbs came in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. There's so a great- I, like, I love that uh, little. That little caveat, like this yeah. was this was on us. This yeah, exactly. No, tips. this was uh, there was an athletic article written about that halftime, and I'm sure Neil will link it in the show notes. Shouts to our producer and above Neil for linking stuff that we just say. Uh, but it was it broke down like what was happening in the locker room, and yeah, they they were yelling at each other and not and they they made a great point of distinguishing like the yelling was not. Like tearing each other down, but like building each other up. It wasn't like right. Jimmy Butler, Thibodeau kind of yelling. Yeah, it was like very. They said it was very encouraging that they were all yelling because they they knew they could do better. And it was a very. It sounded really positive experience in the locker room. And yeah, before Tibbs even got out there to talk to them, they had already figured out all the ways they were going wrong. Yeah, so. and then to respond after that is that's particularly encouraging because then you know that guys care and you know that they can. Uh, they can get it going and they can make adjustments on their own. Which I mean, you like. That's what the coach is there for, but if the players can do it, then that's even better. Uh, if they can motivate themselves to take it to another level. When that's what you want to see. That's exactly what you want to see. It's exactly. foreign to us, so but I love made it. it so even, even sweeter. Yeah. And uh, shouts to uh, Derek Rose. Is cash money. He went 0 for 4 in the game, but instead of just shooting, in, like I used to... I used to think that he was a big ball hog and was just mm-hmm. last year I really felt like he was only in it to get his own numbers because he knew he had a contract coming up to get that, that he lucrative get, yeah, minimum he had to get contract, signed. Yeah. yeah. And so last year I felt like he was really just gunning for his own numbers and he didn't force the issue. He he did good things like assisting, setting up plays, and when he was 0 for four, it wasn't like he kept shooting until he made one. So he's been probably I appreciate the it. best wolf at pushing pace. Yeah. Um so and that's been something we've been clamoring for for quite a while with this young athletic team. So uh you know, he it's good that he can uh, find other things that to, to do when uh, the shot's not falling cuz that's going to happen. You know, we've we've all thought that his shooting, especially his three-point shooting, is probably going to come back down to earth a little bit. And to see him uh, be able to recognize that and not just be a chucker is uh, very helpful. And that brings us to our final game last night. It was Wednesday night. Uh, it was a win against the Charlotte Hornets. 
once again, they started the game pretty hot, and then... Uh, uh, Wolves I, killer Nicholas Batum. Uh, right? Yeah. He, I mean, Jim Pete has been saying that uh, whenever he calls someone a disappointment, they yeah, start playing right. pretty well. <laughs> and he's calling Batum a disappointment because he gets paid a lot, and he's averaging nine points on the season kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and Batum had a, had a good game. It's funny because, they you know... They were rolling. Famously, David Kahn tried to sign him away from Portland. That's he gave right. him a big Signed offer, the offer sheet, sheet. Portland had to match, which yeah. I, I love it. Then we always talked about how Portland was going to like uh, get their revenge by signing Pekovic to a big offer sheet and making the Wolves match. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Uh, Peck stayed loyal, but uh, but it's uh, hearing that name Nicholas Batum is still like wow, he's still in the league. And he's only twenty nine. Yeah, I know that's unbelievable. What's it feels like Blew he's my been mind. in the league Blew for my a mind. long time, but uh, seeing him still around and still killing the Wolves is uh, brings back a lot of memories, you know. Yeah, I felt like this game really turned around uh, in the second when we got that great put-back dunk from yes. Andrew Wiggins. Oh, my goodness, Andrew Wiggins can fly! <laughs> uh, it was a very impressive, aggressive put-back. Uh, Solo positive energy from Wiggins after that he dunk, actually, too. Yeah, he actually acted. He showed a little emotion. Went a little Super Saiyan. Uh, and just a great defensive effort all night from Wiggins. Great offensive effort. He had his career high in score. Not career high, but his season, season high, high in scoring. Yeah. He also had a couple blocks. He had five assists, six rebounds. He was really yeah. doing it all. I thought his he really set up attacking. some great, great plays with his attacking and passing it out. He yeah. had some great dishes. He actually probably had more attacks than mid-range jumpers, which uh, has been obviously something we've been clamoring for. Yeah, uh, is to see that kind of that ratio. Aggressive Wiggins. Aggressive Wiggins. Max Wiggins. Max Wiggins. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, I saw, One thing I want to I want a quick comment on. I think it was like the second quarter. If you go back and watch, Frank Kaminsky made a three, and he like. Oh yeah, he like posed or something, or yeah. did some sort of like I'm super. Yeah, hot he was right fanning now. himself, fanning himself. And it was like the second quarter of the 25th game of the year. Or and apparently, like he had that. been shooting just, really poorly. Like on the season, he had only shot like seven of like 30 or something. Like he I was, just thought, it was, I just cracked up when I saw that. Like, man, you you really happy with yourself right, right now? Right. Well, he shows up against the Wolves to the point yeah, where like does. I have. It's one of those things where. Teams feel comfortable doing that sort of stuff. Let's call the this Wolves. the Doc Rivers syndrome. When uh, you watch a guy play good against your team so much, you get this uh, inflated opinion about that player. That's right. You think he's better than he actually is. Yeah. Whereas Kaminsky always shows up for these games. Whether the, the broadcast said it's because of Duke and Tyus who beat Wisconsin and Kaminsky mm-hmm. in the NBA Finals. I think it's business. because of Cat because Wisconsin knocked Cat's team out of the Final Four. And, you know, obviously Cat went number one in the draft. So These I think there's a little revenge. That. Yeah, I think there's a little revenge there from Kaminsky. And that's why he always shows up, I feel like, against the Wolves. But uh, either way, I'm always like, you know, Kaminsky's good. We should try to get him on the Wolves. He'd pair well with Cat. You know, they yeah. can really space. And it's just like I look at his numbers, you know, and games not against the Wolves, and he's really not that special. No, there's something about these guys. Uh, like they, most NBA players are going to play on multiple teams throughout their career. But they'll always have just the one college. That's team. right. That's what they so care they about. So they always hold that. And if you're only there for one year and you got bumped out of the tournament by somebody, you're always going to hold on to that for your entire career. That's true. So uh, that's always something to to look at with uh, some of these guys. Those grudge matches uh, stemming back from their college days. All right. Uh, anything else about Charlotte before we go to full court press? I know I have one thing to say. No, just love those jerseys, purple and the teal numbers. I do love oh those. my god! I, I do think love those they jerseys. might be my favorite jerseys in the league. Maybe it uh, just that it felt great to felt, it, you don't like getting in the habit of going down double digits and yeah. then coming back for the second game in a row. You like knowing that they're capable of that and right. that there's uh, they've got some fight in them. But uh, that fourth quarter was. 
was something else to see that run that went on. Oh yeah, uh, which was like twenty four to four or that's something what, like that. That's what good teams do against the Wolves. Right? Where it, uh, in all the years with Kevin Love and stuff, even with the Ricky Rubio post Love teams, it was like we could stay in a game until the fourth. And we'd be yep. like, oh, this is a pretty close game. And then, then they the just, run is coming. They put the pedal down in the fourth and they kill us. That's what good teams do. And it feels weird to be on the other side of that. I agree with you. We don't want to count on it. It felt like when we got down by like 15 to the Hornets, I was like, oh, we got overinflated egos about beating Houston. And now we're having, you know, we didn't take this game seriously. But they made the adjustments after not winning a single game this season where we were down by double digits at any point in the game. We did two and two games with the yeah. Rockets and the Hornets. So that's encouraging. Yeah, if you, I mean, a win's a win, and you want to feel. I, I prefer more of the Spurs win than the uh, than the Houston yeah. or yeah, the rather be up by forty. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, but the, it's a good problem to have. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and go to full court press. Here's the tip. All right, well, we were kind of talking about this uh, team morale sky high. Sky high. It's a good and fan morale too. I would say sky high. Yeah, yeah. It's a good time to be a Timberwolves well, fan. The little fans there are in the building. That's the right. Target Center are uh, having a good time. So. Oh, if they have a good road trip, the Target Center will fill up when the fans come back. Yes, especially I think if you win, they will come. Uh, everyone knows it's a Vikings town. You know, mm, yeah. I remember when the Twins were, were in the playoffs. You know, back in like 2010. And it's like, the Twins are in the playoffs, but the Vikings are still the number one talking point on Sports Talk Radio and stuff the next day and stuff. Because this is a Vikings town. That's yeah. that, that's what it is. And so There's plenty of room for other successful teams of to course, build absolutely. a strong following. So. But I always do think the attendance goes up after the Vikings season ends uh, for right. a lot of people. Um, so we'll see that. But, Might uh, be ending sooner rather than later, so... Uh, it's a lot of fun. Everyone's giving cat props. Teague is saying he's the real, the re- true leader, and he's realizing it. And yeah. Taj is calling Cat the guy. Cat's uh, even acknowledging that he's the leader on this team a little bit, begrudgingly. You know, he wants to be a teacher's pet and say, no, it's everybody. It's a team effort. But <laughs> right. now he's acknowledging, yeah, it's me, but I couldn't do it without my guys behind me kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's you right. Know? It, uh, we talked about how attitude is contagious, you know, and it – and it spreads from the team to the fans uh, to and almost kind of inversely to the team you're playing when when one team seems to be kind of, you know, at each other's throats a little bit or yeah. uh, where their morale isn't high. It kind of raises the morale of the other team and yeah. the fans catch on on that. So it, I don't think it's any surprise that. Uh, this Wolves team was able to mount these impressive comebacks these last two games. Uh, if you're getting down on each other, that I don't I don't think those comebacks happen. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So the um, morale is a big part. I think we're learning that the chemistry and morale is a huge part of particularly this young team. Yeah, especially with you know what we talked about with that locker room and the Houston game where they got on each other in a positive way and built each other up and figured out their mistakes. And that's something that wasn't happening with Jimmy on the team. I wasn't in the locker room, but I don't know what it was like. But it didn't seem like guys were chatting like that. It seems like uh, from reports of what I've heard, Jimmy was more negative in his, uh, yeah. you know, like, what the F are you doing? You know, you're, you're, you're letting, you know, Calling you're people soft spot. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and choice words. When someone is a bully to you, you're not going to work harder for him on the court, you know. And so uh, I think that just like wanting to pick each other up after their mistakes and stuff like that uh, is really rushing over to guys to pick them oh, up off everyone, the floor. Er, yeah, rushing okay. over that's huge. That's always a sign of a team chemistry is how yeah. quick you run to pick up a guy. But also just like jumping off the bench and, and screaming whenever someone scores. Taj, I read something today where he said 
uh, when I make a three pointer, the whole team is as hyped as I feel. Like oh, every, everyone great. sees me working. You know, the Charlotte game, uh, Taj made that. Like he made uh, two. He made two, and one of them hit like the front iron, and then got the super it. bounce. Yeah, and then. The entire bench got up and was giving them all sorts of uh, all sorts of adulation after that, and that you know fans love that sort of stuff. And we were getting yeah. none of that, uh, none of that when uh, Jimmy was on the team. I think that was the biggest complaint from fans. I kind of made fun of them on the pod last year after decades of losing. Uh, we finally start winning, and fans are like they don't look like they're having fun. I don't like this Timberwolves right. team. I'm like, well, you know what? You're always complaining. You, you complain that we suck, and then when we're good, you complain we're not having fun. Can't have nice things. And uh, so I got on them a little bit, but it's it's clear to see that it's a lot more fun to watch a team that's enjoying themselves out there. Yeah, there's. I mean, even last year, the Wolves were winning. They were winning ball club, but it oftentimes didn't seem like they enjoyed each other's company. They weren't, you know, didn't seem like they were, you know, they hung out socially or anything like that. No, Just from yeah. the sense that you got. This team, it seems like they really enjoy each other. And Going to SmackDown at the Target Center That's together. exactly right. Carrying around the belt. I saw that belt cost $500. Wow. And both Covington and Cat both bought their own. <laughs> That's right. Which is fine. They're millionaires. That's nothing to them. They can but, afford it. Yeah, it was like... Wow. Genuine replica wow. belt. Wow, yeah. That's a, that's a pricey belt. They should carry it around everywhere if you pay that kind of price. Yeah, absolutely. I would. I think like, I'd wear it, I would right? wear it as like my regular belt. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I'd make a fashion statement. You need some big belt loops. Well, I, if with that kind of money, I would get my pants specially tailored there we to go. accommodate. I love it. Belt. We always get the fashion shots of everyone walking to, into the arena with their coffee before the game. <laughs> I'd love to see the belt on there. Or you could sling it over the shoulder if you so desire. It's, it doesn't have to be an actual belt. But, yeah, this uh, it, it makes it even better, a, a better watching experience when you're winning and the team seems to be enjoying themselves and they like each other and they're having fun and they're being silly and all that. Yeah. If you feel that uh, that kind of freedom to be goofy and stuff and on the bench, uh, like Covington seems to bring that out in particular. He's the one guy who like does the whole like raises his hands up to the crowd, always, yeah, try to get always. him going. We've we never saw that. that last year. Yeah. And, uh, if we did, Jimmy did it once or twice. But we once talked about twice, there was never any Wolves players doing that, like that we drafted and raised up ourselves and it was doing that. That's why yeah. I love that theatric, the theatricality. There we go. That's what I was going for from Covington. Yeah. So, and a guy like that, it's it's a different type of leadership. Yeah. And that you know, he opens the door for everyone else to the best show kind of leadership. more fire. Exactly. Yeah. So, at least in my opinion, that's the way I've always led in different things that I've done in life and. You yes. know, kind of building up people behind the scenes and, you know, reassuring You and them. Roko are two peas in a pod. I've always thought so. We both also have crazy hair when we want to. That's right. Um, there's a few. For like, actually, let's go ahead and this part B of the team morale is talking about Wiggins. Good week for mm. me. I'm a long-term Wiggins apologist. I've That's right. famously been on this pod defending him for years. and uh, On the so record. Obviously, these two games were amazing for me. I was going to say when we were recapping the games, there was that period, I think it was in the second quarter, where Wiggins was really playing great against the Hornets. And it was the same, uh, seeing that coming off the great game he had against the Rockets and seeing like full, Max Wiggins, I guess is what we call Max him. Max Wiggins, yeah. the Full effort, you know, where he's doing it all on both ends of the floor and just being like trying so hard you could just see this effort out of him i would love it i felt if, euphoric yeah. i felt euphoria during this hornets game i was like i don't 
I don't know how long. Like, I, I kind of like lost my mind a little bit. I was just like, how long mm. can this last? Can this last forever? And I was just like, I was going out of <laughs> my mind because it was just like Cat and Wiggins just being the two best players on the court last night. And it just it, it awakened this kind of delirious excitement inside of me that I don't usually feel during Wolves games where I was like, this this is the flash of what we want to see. And, and of course, it feels euphoric because you know it's just a flash and hopefully it can continue on. But like I was just like, in this moment, I'm losing my head over this. You know, it was it was a really great feeling. By the way, I hope that if uh, Andrew Wiggins has he he just had a child. I can't remember if it was a boy or a girl. It's a girl. Her uh, name is Amaya. If he had a boy, if he named him Max, Max, Max Wiggins, Max Wiggins. I love that. <laughs> Maybe for child number two. Yeah, but it's so good to see him. Get Amaya, playing. little brother. So good to see him playing well and playing the way that we thought he should be playing, not settling. Uh, Taking it to the rim, um, you know, making shooting his shooting his three pointers, getting in the right spots to take them. Uh, not so much off the dribble type stuff, but yeah. uh, and also moving the ball a fair amount. He had in that Charlotte game, yeah. he had one of the best dishes I think I've ever had of him seen. Where he he drove a seam, he drove it into the paint, he got cut off, and then he had a nice little wraparound pass to uh, a cutting Derrick Rose, which was like what? Yeah, yeah, that, absolutely. I remember that for sure. That. that was great. Uh, that was an amazing pass from him. But I think it started last year, and that's what frustrates me when people are like Andrew Wiggins hasn't improved anything since he got in the league, and it's just like. Last year, he started getting a lot better with passing and court vision, and this year, he's even better at it. Like, he really has a lot more awareness. His first two seasons of the league, he, once he caught the ball, it was like he was one-on-one. You know, it just right, like, I couldn't yeah. see anyone else on the court. He's improved his game in so many different ways, and the passing is really showing right now. Yeah, that's uh, that's what's even more – makes it even more euphoric. That's right. said, is you're seeing all different kinds of uh, – him influencing the game all different ways. And, yeah, like, again, we come back to Covington – Seems like he is a he's a guy that kind of brings that out in him a little bit. He sees yeah. Covington really, uh, really giving him the right kind of reinforcement, and then uh, it it really seems to energize him a fair amount. So I, I can those tell two that, can be quite dynamic. I also can tell Wiggins has something with Rose. I think it might be just that Wiggins trusts Derrick Rose a lot, mm. but there's a lot of passes where Wiggins you're like, oh, he's going to take that pull up bad long two here, and then he'll bail out to Rose and. For some reason, I've just been noticing it where he seems to like really trust Rose too, where he'll pass up a bad shot to give it to Rose. Yeah, instead. Rose. I, I think he is one. Of, I mean, we're talking about Team Morale. He is one of those guys that people tend to rally around a little bit on this team. And well, I just, just in think, the NBA in general. I think he, a lot of players respect him too because they saw him become an MVP so young. You know, a lot of they want to be were, a part like of Wiggins like was the like in high school, middle school, and that happened. You know, yeah. So. So, so yeah, he does have that uh, that kind of credibility that guys. Uh, that guys flock to, especially younger guys, which is the core of this team is still quite young, and they, you know, definitely still look up to him, and so he he carries that credibility with him. Yeah, especially good for Wiggins after have a couple bounce back games after the terrible, no good, very bad week that he had yes. last week. All the national press was dogging on him. I thought it was funny after he had this great game against the Rockets, the Ringer. Uh, wrote an article about how bad his, his he has been on this contract and how the contract's so bad. I was like, one sucks to be you guys who are like, we have to publish this piece, but he just went off last night. Yeah, and I guess we'll publish it. And then he goes off the next night. But uh, I just wanted I brought that up mainly to make fun of the Ringer, the site that has a <laughs> invented a term for how wrong they often are. It's called the Ringer cur- Curse. Or they go, oh, we wrote about how bad this team is, and then they started playing really good. Or we wrote how good this team's playing, and then they started playing bad. It's the ringer curse. It's not a curse, guys. You're just bad at basketball analysis. Right. You're like, this guy's terrible, and you don't see, you know, know, it's just like. It's an interesting way to spin it, you know. 
Yeah, so. it's like, oh, it's just, you know, it's a it's a jinx. We jinx these teams and they do the opposite of whatever you're right. No, you're just bad at analyzing basketball. And so when you write something and, and it's not real, like, it, obviously things are going to change. So I just think that's funny. And you know what? Uh, Andrew Wiggins, I, I dare say that Andrew Wiggins has the best smile since former Timberwolf Corey Brewer. Mm. In terms of it being, like, infectious. I will say that because Corey Brewer was on the team more recently than Wes Johnson, who also has a great smile. Uh, Wes well, Johnson has a great smile as well. Yeah, he, that's the reason he got drafted. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Good firm smile. handshake, big smile. You're going to love, he, he the, lived you're gonna the love this kid. Part. Before we move on to the next topic, as I'm sure Neil is silently urging us in his mind to do, Here's a couple quotes. Uh, one of my favorite things is Cat now is the leader in good quotes from the locker room. Interesting quotes. Yes. A couple good ones. Uh, this was about how Wiggins played. They were talking about how they knew he was going to have a good game on Monday just because he showed up to shoot around. And he was being very cocky and like outspoken. And so Cat said, he talked to all of us like he was back. I feel like I was playing for Huntington Prep today, Town said, <laughs> referring to the famous basketball academy where Wiggins attended high school. The way he was talking, he felt very energized, very confident. I don't know what he had for breakfast, if it was Wheaties, Cheerios, or whatever the case may be. He needs to keep eating that. <laughs> Love that. Uh, then about a great pass uh, Towns made to Rocco in that Rockets game. Cat was caught under the basket, kicked it out to Rocco for an open three-pointer. Cat yep. said, uh, let's see, uh, right here. I just felt that with our practices and me and him talking, I just knew he would be there. He always finds the open spot. I drove baseline and through all the bodies, I saw the palm trees that are his hair, and I yeah. just passed him the ball. He's got a little bit of a sideshow Bob thing going. Yeah, but the palm works. trees that are his hair is such a fun, <laughs> grammatically correct way to put that. And then finally, about Wiggins uh, with his putback dunk last night, Towns said, He's lucky I missed Towns Cracked because Towns missed the shot that led to the putback dunk. Right? So, I mean, I blessed him one time today. I told you guys he's been taking, talking very highly of himself. He's coming back to bring an old school way back with his bounce and leaping ability. So, that was just a sneak preview and yeah. Wiggins has that he, he was slumping Tosh says that Wiggins has been in the gym every night at 11pm trying to get out of his slump it's been showing up yeah good for him you like to see that he's working hard and it's and it's showing results so that's uh, got to feel good for him and good for Towns to uh, you know be the stuff like that brings the team together when you're cracking wise on that sure does with, uh, with the guys definitely weren't seeing that at the beginning of the year alright let's move on to our next topic here's the tip <laughs> Uh, former Timberwolves uh, player, Fred Hoiberg. Executive. Uh, uh, country club member. Yes, absolutely. He, he uh, was fired this week from the <laughs> Chicago Bulls. Kind of perplexing because uh, the Bulls suck and the players are bad. Yeah, the players are bad. Injured. They should be trying to get a top three pick in this draft, you know, and they're like 5-20 and 20 right now on the season. And I don't know why it was, but reports are that the team was openly disobeying him. Zach Levine, reports are, it was Zach Levine was just not – Dude, he, he, Zach Levine could get away with anything. They were saying that Zach Levine knew he could just do whatever, <laughs> and it showed in the, the game. I think before Fred Hoiberg got fired, or maybe it was—I don't know—and it was this week where Levine was dribbling down the clock, and it was a two-point game, and he kept shrugging, screen, he kept waving away the screens and not doing the Hoiberg play call. His and basketball then, IQ being so high, he took a really bad contested step back three that missed, it like grazed the front <laughs> of the rim, and it was with eight seconds left on the clock. I hate that too. Like if you're going to take like a buzzer beating shot let it get to the buzzer don't give him a chance right. to so anyway Zach took a really boneheaded shot but I thought it was interesting just because uh, a lot of people wondered if he was going to be the coach here before he got hired by Chicago mm-hmm. probably some people thinking about that now maybe if Tibbs gets fired would we bring in Hoiberg it's just kind of interesting to bring up also because it involves our friend Zach Levine being a uh, not a good presence in that you know, that uh, uh, divided Chicago locker room yeah that's uh 
I, again, I don't know what Chicago is expecting out of Hoiberg. If he's expecting them to be like a 500 team at this point with all the injuries they've had and just the roster being so young as it is. Yeah. Um, not sure what they're what they're thinking, what they're expecting, but uh, if there's some locker room issues and issues with uh, them not really, if he lost the team, then okay. Um, but you know, I'm not really. Uh, obviously, I want Tibbs gone. Sure, that's been something I've been. Yeah, but in, that's in the thing with Hoiberg. Of, it's it, like I don't want what, it to be a knee jerk reaction. Hoiberg, Hoiberg was bad in Chicago. Yes. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He was bad for four years. But on the other hand, he was never really given a chance to succeed. His second year, he wanted to run a system that was more pace and space, you know, and had more ball movement. And then they signed Rondo and D Wade to play with yeah. Jimmy Butler, all guys who can't shoot, who don't pass a lot, play ISO ball. And so, like they said, gave him a team that doesn't fit his style. And then they traded away Butler and gave him a team that's clearly tanking, you know, like with the roster they put together last year and this year. It's nothing but a tanking roster. And so, like, I still don't know if Hoiberg's a good coach or not because he's never been given no, a, team, a real team. It's weird. It's like you know? four years and it's sort of like you he's got a body of work, but it's got all these weird, like, caveats. Yeah, I have like no you just idea. Said. It's, uh, so it's hard, to, it's hard for me to advocate for the Wolves to hire him. I think that... We just—I hope some other team will, maybe the Magic or something. Well, then we'll hopefully, see. Hopefully, you know? uh, hopefully Zach will kind of give him a little bit of an insider's perspective. You know, yeah, that'd be talk great. to his talk to his old uh, bounce brothers. Yeah, that's true. Buds, yeah, he's still got Glenn Taylor's cell phone in his oh, or cell phone number. Maybe you know yeah, they can come back for some lasagna or something. He could talk to him about what Hoiberg was like in the locker room. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, that—that's about all I have to say about Fred. Let's go ahead and move on to our final topic. He's heating up. Uh, our final topic is fun. I'm freelancing. Sorry, Neil. <laughs> he doesn't know about this. Ooh. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate comes out tomorrow for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, much fanfare. I lived, breathed, and uh, slept Smash Brothers in college for a few years. Played oh, yeah. a lot of Smash Brothers Brawl. I- I'm sure everyone who ever had a GameCube on launch knew that Ooh. after Smash Brothers came out, there was like a whole year where Nintendo didn't release a single good game, and it was fine because you had Smash Brothers Melee. <laughs> So, so good. Big fans of the franchise here. And I was thinking on the drive over here, let's say Crunch is a character in Super Smash Brothers. What kind of moves, <laughs> what kind of skill set would you like to see out of Crunch? Mm, so I was thinking about this. Yes. Um, I'm thinking that his his B move, like his power move, would be like a charge bite attack or something Ooh, like that. I love that. it. His up B attack would be some sort of like... Uh, Going up with a basketball. Yeah. And then his down B would be like coming down for a dunk. Ooh, I like that. And then his, uh, do they still have like the ultimate smash? Or they whatever? do. It's called the final smash. Yes, they do. The final smash. That's right. Uh, that would be like the, the dunk squad coming onto the court and like, Ooh, oh, I love all of a sudden they're, they're coming out. Dunking everywhere. Dunking on everybody. That, that's what I thought at least. I love it. I love these ideas. I had a few of my own. Um, so up B, which is traditionally a move that kind of gives you a third jump. You know, right. you jump, you get a double jump, and then you hit the up B for a third jump. And I, that was my idea, the slam squad trampoline, where he, oh, he goes right. off a trampoline. Yeah, the trampoline. And there has been Sonic the Hedgehog has a kind of spring trampoline where he presses yeah. up B where it falls and lands on people. So I think Crunch's trampoline <laughs> can do that. Uh, for his neutral B. I hate Sonic in that game, by the way. He's so annoying. <laughs> oh, yeah. His neutral B, which is usually kind of a projectile thing. He pulls out the T-shirt cannon. Ooh, And you right. can charge it up for a bigger hit. The T-shirt slingshot. And you can also aim it upwards, and it kind of has like a uh, what a motor motor gun you know, effect. Right, right. There's kind of like a launch angle, and they can fall on people. Right, yeah. 
Um, I was looking for something for the forward, which is kind of a moving one. And I like your idea of like a charging kind of thing. Uh, I was thinking maybe something like that. Go, yeah. Hops on the motorcycle like he did for Derek oh, Wills yeah, dunk contest, yeah. or jumps in a sled and goes forward. The sled, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I didn't have a downbeat. I was thinking about something where like he gets like air crunch to block for him. It's like a shield move, like air mm. crunch. And then uh, his taunt would be him with the drum. Oh yeah, the drum. And then uh, his final smash, he takes out the t-shirt Gatling gun. And it's t-shirts Ooh. bouncing everywhere all around the stage, knocking people out. Oh, I love that Gatling gun. So those are our suggestions for Smash Brothers NBA edition They're, for Crunch. That's uh, That would be awesome if they included. Like NBA Jam used to, they have the mascots. Exactly. Right. That's what got me thinking about it. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. It is time to pay some bills. So let's go ahead and do our sponsor. All right, everybody, we have a very fun sponsor for you this week. Very fun. Uh, it's everyone's new favorite Timberwolves player, Rocco, Robert Covington. Mm-hmm. He has a great product to sell you. We're happy to you know tell you about it today. It's called Cubs Gloves. Yeah, winter's coming up. And uh, I'm sure you've heard him say it on the broadcast about... And I think Glovington is a good nickname. Glovington. And that is great, especially because he's a man who sells his own gloves, Cubs gloves. They are uh, sticky gloves, just like uh, Robert Covington seems to have sticky fingers, the way he can grab a ball and tear it away from somebody. That's exactly right. A lot of of grip on these gloves. You're going to love them. Also, perfect for getting out, doing all all that dirty work. That you the need extra rugged glove. Yeah, the garage. For. That's right. Doing the dirty work. Yes. It's like, I like to think of these as uh, my favorite Christmas movie, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. <laughs> the Sticky Bandits. That's right. And we're in the Sticky Bandits, and, and Marv just puts his hand in the uh, the, bot, the Salvation Army thing of change and pulls out all the change to do his glove. Yeah, probably amounted to like $1.50 or something. That's right. And of course, just like Robert Covington, these aren't going to set you back in the pocketbook. No, they're no. very reasonable price. That's exactly right. For what you're getting. And for a long term. You, you've got, yes. Once you buy these gloves, you're locked lo- in. They're locked in for a reasonable price for years to come through 2022. Exactly right. That's where the warranty is on these. Yeah. <laughs> Great warranty. Also, maybe you've been burned by other gloves in the past. Oh, yeah, I have. These are going to raise your spirits when you wear them. You will be feeling better and better about yourself the people around you improve your morale they will improve morale exactly right wow that sounds great and i think one of my favorite things about these gloves they're sticky like we said Mm -hmm. and uh i always lose my gloves not these they stick to the inside of your coat pocket they'll stick on the outside of your coat just slap them on there oh yeah next time you put your coat on they'll still be there you're not gonna lose these gloves again you know it's unbelievable how sticky they are and how they seem to uh seem to just be drawn to whatever you want whether it be basketball or a rebound or something like that it's gonna it's gonna be there for you that's right go ahead and put them on your hands then raise the noise raise the noise (laughs) you know with your hands wearing your new favorite pair of gloves cubs gloves you've tried the rest now try the best thanks to robert covington for being a great defender and for giving all minnesotans the best winter handwear you can get Mm. this season so buy some cubs gloves and uh you'll you won't regret it Well, today we're going to explore the idea of parallel universes. It's been a long time coming that we've talked about this on Wolvescast. For every choice we make, there exists a parallel universe where we make the opposite choice. Joining me today to help me explore different multiverses is a version of Scott from a parallel universe in which he studies multiverses. Thanks for joining us today, Multiverse Scott. 
You are very welcome, a Robert with an H from this universe. Do you mind if I ask you some what-if questions about Minnesota Timberwolves history to see how different outcomes would unfold? Go ahead, but keep in mind that there are infinite potential universes. So the macro answer to all your questions will both be an affirmative and a negative. You lost me, but let's get started anyway. What would have happened if the Wolves drafted Shaq in the 92 NBA draft? Mm, Very good question. Yes, in the majority of parallel universes, the Wolves do draft Shaq. They had the most losses that season, as you remember. They deserved that number one pick. But in this chaotic universe that you live in, somehow the Wolves fell at three and got Christian Leitner. What a whacked up world you live in. In the majority of parallel universes, drafting your universe's Shaquille O'Neal is the start of a Western Conference dynasty that wins four NBA Finals in the following six years. Minnesota becomes a premier destination for free agents, and after decades of unprecedented success, your Timberwolves are one of the most stuck-up and least-liked franchises in the league. They're like your universe's New York Yankees. Yikes. Does it always happen that way? Oh, of course not. There is a parallel universe in which winning the NBA Finals sets up a chain reaction of events that results in Glenn Taylor falling into a vat of nuclear waste and developing the power to shoot lasers out of his eyes. That uh, sounds like a pretty cool universe, to be honest. It is. The superpower parallel universes are always a riot. Okay. What about if we never traded Ray Allen for Stefan Marbury? Ray Allen would have a statue in downtown Minneapolis. The three-point revolution begins here in Minnesota, home of Prince and the Revolution. And the Mayo Clinic discovers a cure for obsessive-compulsive disorder. Well, okay, what, what would happen if Flip didn't die in 2015 then? In a great many of the universes where Flip still lives, he currently owns the Timberwolves with his business partner, Kevin Garnett. KG hired his Area 21 guests slash friends that he's played with in the league. People like Troy Hudson, Sam Mitchell, Chauncey Billups. And they all run the team into the ground through an experience. None of the fans mind, however, because KG decides to become the in-arena announcer and going to Timberwolves games becomes as entertaining as hell. Well, okay. I got one more what if for you. What if the Timberwolves never traded Kevin Garnett? If the Timberwolves never traded Kevin Garnett, in many, the majority of the timelines in which Kevin Garnett doesn't retire and become a pizza man, not a delivery boy, but a man who makes pizza, which is actually Kevin Garnett's true calling in life. Most universes, he finds his true calling, which is pizza man. But here, he's just an NBA player, which is fine, I suppose, but not really his true calling. But in those worlds where he does stay a basketball player, he becomes bitter and angry knowing that the rest of his talents are being wasted and he will eventually say something mean and the fans turn against him and there's not all this goodwill in Minnesota that you currently feel towards Kevin Garnett. Wow. Wow. Well, thanks again for taking the time, Multiverse Scott, for joining us and giving us your perspectives. Wow. Time is but an illusion for those who cannot comprehend nonlinear existence. Wow. Uh, Multiverse Scott, will you join us again in the future? In some universes, I will. In others, 
I won't. All right, everybody. This is uh, Normal Scott here, back again. Wow. I stepped out for that interview uh, because uh, I've heard it's not that was good. Unbelievable. You know how they say never. Scott. Yeah, you know how they say never meet your heroes. They also say never meet multiverse versions of yourself. Could um, send a yeah the, the space time continuum yeah. could get all uh, messed up. So. I don't understand the physics thing. of it, but I, I know when to listen to people smarter than me. You didn't bump into him in the hall, did you? Uh, no, but I hear Ooh. someone playing fetch with Josie. Your weekly wolfie. So, everybody, it's time for our weekly wolfies. You know how this goes. This is a very special award, a prestigious award. You know, it's uh, Golden very. Globe nominations came out today, Grammy nominations coming out tomorrow, but none of those are as important none. as nominations for weekly wolfies. We're awarding some tonight. They can go for good things, bad things, weird things, uh, upsetting things, hungry things, really. Any things. Any, any, any kind of thing Stranger you things. Uh, why don't you get us started off with this week's Wolfie? All right. Well, I like to keep my weekly Wolfie positive, and uh, given the team's recent success, I'm going to give my weekly Wolfie to uh, Timberwolves ticket staff. Timberwolves, uh, the, the people that have to reach out and get people to buy season tickets or ticket packages, I've always felt very like it was one of the worst jobs in the NBA, mm-hmm. if not all of pro sports, is being a Timberwolves ticket rep. And I'm always very nice to them when they call me out of the blue. I am too. I'm like, guys, every single one of your games is cheaper on StubHub, but I will answer the call and I'll very politely talk to you, and I'm not going to be like, don't never call here, you know? Yeah, you know what? They will. I've actually found that they will be like, look, I don't want to waste your time. Yeah. If should I call back again? They, uh, which they, does they, what people don't always salespeople don't usually do. Yeah, they are apologetic from the start in a way that That's right. salespeople aren't normally. It's like you know, it's like when you see a puppy and you walk up to pet them and they like shrink like they've been beaten before. Yeah, it's kind of like that where you're like, why are you call like? Well, we're sorry, we're sorry. We yeah. know, we know it's the Timberwolves and you don't right. care, but please. So it's you're a right. Tough job, and I remember the uh, I went to the home opener against uh, Cleveland. And we had a ticket rep come up and uh, talk to us and just be like, oh, you interested in getting ticket packages? And you could tell they didn't really have a whole lot to, not a whole lot to entice us with. Just like, oh, it's a really exciting team. It's just uh, really exciting to watch them play. And it's just, you're really going to like coming by. And it's like, they don't have anything they could really sink their teeth into because of all the drama that was going on. Sure. Now you have a winning team with fun players, likable players. And Your it makes their job so much easier. And so. the future is a little locked up. You have Covington That's right. here for years. Dario's going to be here for a couple Cat, of years. Like, the only people who are expiring are people like Taj, you know? Taj, yeah, D-Rose, all these guys that D- are kind of out. ancillary pieces right. that uh, that you, you don't necessarily need to – they're not going to be part of the pitch. It's going for the to be most the main part, guys. The core, so, though, is locked up. Okogi's exactly. here for years. Okogi, you know? that's right, the Okogi alert. So feel good for them. Their job must be a lot easier now than it was you know, two months ago. Shouts to them. We've talked about them a little on the pod earlier season, just how bad we feel for them. Yeah. <laughs> that's got to be one of the tough. toughest jobs. So I, I have nothing but respect for the Timberwolves ticket Just earn a, earn a living, you know? At the very least, treat them nice, everybody, when they call you out of the blue. Buy a ticket. Yeah. Well, why not? They're uh, winning. Yeah, they should. As I said, if they have a good road trip, uh, we won't have these problems when the walls get back. Yeah, that's the exactly right. will be selling. All right, my Wolfie's going to go to Michael Johnson. Uh, the handle on Twitter and Instagram is at mycool, with four O's, C-O-O, 
O. Actually, I only have three O's here, but I think I'm pretty sure it's four O's. Either way, just find it out. I my, see four. Yeah. My cool with an underscore after it. Uh, she is the mother to Andrew Wiggins' uh, new baby girl, mm. and she runs a Twitter account or a, a Instagram account that you get to see some behind the scenes stuff of Andrew. There Ooh. was a good one the other day in, in her story after a tough game. Andrew, one of his bad games, it, uh, it showed him at home rocking his baby to sleep, just standing up Aww. shirtless, wearing his team sweats, just like rocking the baby. And uh, I think I read something earlier this year on the Athletic. Uh, it was about. Boston Red Sox player Mookie Betts is having his first kid. And so one of the writers went to all the other Red Sox players and asked him what to expect with a child. And a lot of them said, like, that's the thing that having a child does. It's like you have a bad game, and when you are when you don't have kids, you stew on it, and you stay up all night about it. Right. And when you do have kids, you get home, and it just it becomes, like, a, so much smaller in your mind. You know, you're able to kind of put it in the back of your mind. Put it in perspective, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they're uh, obviously so oblivious to everything that's going on. And, right. And uh, can help, that can really help you. So. I thought about tweeting this photo. Photo and awesome. or including in the digest, it just felt a little exploitative, you know. Even though she's obviously putting them out there, it's not like it's a locked account or anything. But if you check out her account, there's a very sweet photo of Andrew Lane in the hospital bed with her and just them cuddling, you know. And Aww. it's just it. And obviously, Andrew's feet are like three feet too long yes. for the hospital bed. They're like <laughs> it, it like mid ankle or mid shin, it like cuts off, and That's his right. feet are just dangling over. But it's really adorable and just seeing Andrew because Andrew's not posting anything really personal about himself on the internet. So like it's just fun. him like on Snapchat while he's driving. While he's driving, yeah, us. exactly. Which is what something. Stop oh, man, doing We've been that. complaining about that for Hire years. Hire a driver. You are father now, Andrew. Yes, <laughs> but, that's uh, right. Um, so if you want to see a softer side of Andrew, it's very cool. Follow Michael Johnson at my cool with multiple O's underscore. That's awesome. All right. Well, let's go ahead and finish up with a game. You you want to play a game? I would love to play a game. All right. Stop. We got a game. Uh, if you were like me, your parents have been bugging you to send them a Christmas list. With some ideas. Mm. Gifts. I'm bad at it. I don't like, you know... I like getting stuff that aren't on lists. You, know, you have everything you already wanted. So. It's so true. What more can I ask for? Um, so I always have to struggle with it. But uh, this week's game, I'm going to tell you some Christmas lists that I found at the Target Center the other day. And you're going to tell me which Ooh. player you think wrote those Christmas lists, okay? Wow. Okay. And we're this, trying something new. This should new. be interesting. Playing at home tonight. Ooh. We have Jimmy Butler Stan. <laughs> Hashtag trust the process. That's their name on Twitter. Their handle is at Chick Bowls Talk, like Chicago C H I C, Chick Bowls Talk. But now it's all Jimmy Butler and like Sixers on the account because obviously <laughs> right. it's just been a fan right. who's been following, you know. But on Twitter tonight, I was like, I need someone to, you know, be our guest that we're playing for at home. So if wow. you get three out of pressure, if you get three out of five answers correct. Chick Bowls Talk will receive a fabulous prize. They can choose either between a Tom Thibodeau a man, uh, enamel pin that we sell. <laughs> You've seen the photo of Tibbs with the, the flowing oh, bullet from the 80s. Uh, yes. uh, we made some enamel pins that you can buy for real cheap at uh, wolvescast.com slash shop. We have some fun items there. So, Perfect for the lapel of your, uh, your finest. That's right. And since he's a Chick Bowls Talk, I think he might be a Thibodeau fan. So he's either going to get that's that right. or his choice of my voice on his home answering machine. <laughs> I can record a voice process. Yeah, either one. I'll let him choose. Uh, but you have to get three out of five for him wow. to win a prize, Ooh. Robert. Okay. Pressure's Here's on. Our first Christmas list. Each one has three items. Yep. Uh, this person for Christmas wants diapers, mm. a Call of Duty baby onesie, and for his brother to delete his Twitter account. Uh, we just talked about it. It's uh, Andrew Wiggins. Yes. That's correct. A lot of diapers. Babies go through Loves diapers. Loves that Call of Duty. That's true. 
and get his, his little baby ones in Call of Duty. Alright, next up. A subscription to Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> an NPR membership with an, a Minnesota National Parks Pass that you get when you become an NPR member. And Taj Gibson to sit on the bench. Is it Dario Scharch? Yes! That's right. I know you you don't like his facial hair, so... It's the worst. Scharch. <laughs> and the homie saves the day! Megalodon. All right, next up. This wish list. A Derrick Rose injury. A better nickname. A bag to help carry Wilson. I think uh, Sheep Bulls talk, you're going to get your prize, because that's Josh Okogie. Yes. That's correct. He has to, as the rookie, he has to carry Derrick Rose's weighted ball whenever Derrick does oh, a watch. Oh, yeah, that that's weighted Wilson. ball, yeah. Great story. All right, next up. This wish list wishes for health. A dumb GM who has cap space and a short memory. <laughs> and luck. That's uh, Derrick Rose. That's right. Got to yeah. stay healthy. Got to keep... Yeah. I mean, I can say his shooting's <laughs> better, but it's still lucky what he's shooting right now. He's like the number one three-point shooter in the league or something crazy like that. Hey, and, Tom uh, Thibodeau sticks around. He might be that dumb shooter. Yeah, that's so. very true. You know he'll be lining up for that. All right, finally. Injuries to any of the 15 best players in the NBA. <laughs> V-Bucks for Fortnite. Some fucking respect from the refs. Uh, it's got to be Carla E. Towns. Yes. That is correct. Oh, man. man. You you crushed that one. You're very wow. good with Christmas lists. Yeah, Let's well, it's my, my favorite time of year. Yeah, Wig, uh, Cat's really uh, not getting any superstar calls from the refs this season. No. But. Well, if you win, maybe he will. you got to right. earn those, That's right? right? All right, everybody. We're creeping up to that 60-minute mark, and I promised the producer in the sky, Neil, that we weren't going to do that. So it's it time for it us sound to... sound like he's dead. Yeah, it's true, but he's just... In the, when I say in the sky, I mean in the cloud, which also uh, makes it kind of sound like he said he's in the clouds. Uh, but he's in the cloud. He's going to edit this He tonight. lives in our hearts. That's right, and uh, nowhere else. Uh, so <laughs> we want to say thank you for listening. First and foremost, tell your friends about it. Uh, we don't make a big deal about getting five-star reviews on iTunes. Seems like a lot of podcasts do. It makes sense because if you get five-star reviews, it means you turn up higher in search results and stuff like that. But we really don't solicit those that much. But if you, wanted, hurt. if you wanted to do that, you can feel free. We used to send Alexi's Shved shirts that we had excess ones of, but <laughs> thankfully we're out of those now. Uh, Wow. But, yeah, go ahead and leave a review. We'd appreciate it. Uh, check out canasupis.com. If you didn't find us through that website, they post our podcast every week, as well as my Wolf's Cast Digest. I've missed a few weeks, but I'm going to get one in this week. Uh, Neil was like, what's up, Digest? Why aren't you posting it? I said, I'm trying, Jennifer, and he didn't get the reference. He's like, what does that mean? <sighs> <sighs> It's like he doesn't even care about NBA memes. Ugh. Ugh, disappointing. But thank you to Canis. We love uh, the writers there. They're doing a fantastic job this season, as always. Uh, check out Kings of the North. The uh, NFC North is heating <laughs> up. You know, there's uh, some crazy stuff going on. Mark, Mike McCarthy got fired. Oh, so, we had uh, we covered it ad nauseum. Oh, I bet. Episode. I haven't listened to this week's episode yet, but I'm the looking forward to it. The gave a very moving uh, eulogy oh, of I, his tenure that you would, there won't be a dry eye in your house. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's uh, Robert, if you can't get enough with him, he has a I'm NFL, sure NFC North podcast. It's very funny. Uh, they're all in characters, playing characters. I was on the podcast a couple weeks ago as a character. Yes. So if you want to hear that, please do check it out as a Thanksgiving episode. Uh, it was really fun. I had a great time. We'll have to have you back again sometime because it was. I think your character deserves uh, deserves to be revisited. I can guarantee you that it would. I would approach it as if I was doing it for the first time again. <laughs> so uh, you'll know what that means if you listen to it. Yeah.
Yes. Um, I think that's all we have to say. Go to waltzcast.com slash shop. We have a really cool long sleeve shirt that's great for winter. It's very cozy. My wife wears it to bed every night. She's such a big fan. So check that out. I'm the one who's mailing it. So if you want me to mail you something, go ahead and order one. Um, use the promo code Jimmy Jam, I believe, is the promo code for that shirt. Um, buy stuff. Follow us at Wolvescast. Treat each other with respect and kindness. Because and treat yourself with kindness. I find that sometimes it's forgotten. We are the harshest on ourselves. A lot of nice people are very nice to everyone but themselves. So take care of yourselves. Take care of each other, and let's have some fun on this upcoming road uh, road trip, huh? Yes, let's. All right, everybody. Peace. Have a great week. Robert has been one of the elite defenders in the league for a long time. <laughs>